Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I'm going into, they have, they, you select which team you go in representing number one. Yes, I coach the Chiefs. Yes, I coach the Rams, and I love those experiences. But Philadelphia is my home team. It's where I live, and, and that's where I, I, I deeply identify with the community. That's Dick Vermeil earlier this week uh, on a podcast with John Clark. Um, very good stuff. Uh, John's podcasts are always great, and this this one was was as always really good. And um, it's starting very soon. They're doing it earlier today than they've done it in the past. Uh, this is going to be Dick Vermeil's twelfth trip to the Hall of Fame. The, the, the first one where he's the guy gets applauded as yeah. opposed to playing his peers. Um, a lot of his players, a lot of his cohorts, a lot of people have gotten in. And he gets in now. And you wrote a profile of Vermeil earlier this week that was on the front page of the Inquirer that was absolutely terrific. Um, we were, Jody and I were fortunate to have him on the show last weekend. And one of the things you said that I, that I think is kind of the foundation of a lot of this is that the Dick Vermeil who coached in Philadelphia back when he came here from UCLA in, in uh, 1976 was his first year, right? Yes. Uh, through 82. That guy's really different now. And that guy would not have been able to, I don't know if you said survive, but kind of keep going in, in the league. Right. I think one of the kind of assumptions I went into with in writing the profile about Dick was People nowadays think of him as, you know, the guy who gets emotional over the commitment and excellence of the barista who serves him his morning coffee and Mm -hmm. (laughs) the guy who was on the billboards and on TV commercials throughout the Delaware Valley as a spokesman for Independence Blue Cross and Cadillac. And you had to, in a way, kind of be there when he got here in 1976 and really dig through to remember what kind of coach he was at that time. And he had a lot of hard edges to him. And in the process of shaving some of those edges away, he took himself to the brink of a breakdown in 1982. Um, you know, the phrase burnout got coined because of Dick Vermeil. It's right. That's the first time anybody used it. He said coaches burnout. And before, I don't think before that burnout was part of the vocabulary. No. And, and if you think about it, he's kind of the canary in the coal mine for all the discussion that takes place now about mental health and sports. And some of the stories that have come up here, you know, athletes like Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks have talked about their struggles with anxiety and Simone Biles at the most recent Summer Olympics. And and Vermeil was going through that before anybody else was talking about how they were going through that. And the fact that he went through it and became 
a, a Super Bowl winning coach in St. Louis and continue to be a terrific Hall of Fame caliber coach with the Rams and with the Chiefs is really a testament to who he is as a person. Yeah, and he was back in the day, like more than anybody, the coach who lived in his office. Oh, yeah. Right? Drove in on whatever, I guess went home Sunday night and showered. I, I don't know exactly, but basically had a cot in the office, mm-hmm. was the first guy in, the last guy to leave, looking at tape, drawing up plays, driving himself crazy. The the one anecdote I dug up that was that, that just floored me was that he would eat, he would, he would sleep at Veterans Stadium or in his office roughly five to six nights a week. And at times he would, he would serve himself dinner and dinner would be eating a hoagie while he was sitting on the toilet. Oh, because he was working all the time. Oh God! Okay, all right. That's... Sorry, but it's <laughs> no. You know, I, I, it's I unpleasant, just... but it's no, accurate. No, that's horrible. Um, you also, I, I didn't know this, and this was. I'm delighted that this came up in your interview with him. We all loved the show Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. Loved it, and it's about uh, a American college football coach wins national championship over here. Somehow ends up over in England in the Premier League, coaching a team over there. Um, and it's, you know, the fish out of water story. And he started to watch it and couldn't watch it? He's only watched six episodes of it. How Uh, come? I think it cut a little close to the bone uh, because the Ted Lasso character, uh, you know, suffers a panic attack. And Oh, okay. Yes, he does. And and the character, what, what characterizes Ted Lasso is the degree to which he cares for the people around him. Uh, he loves his son and he loves his players on this soccer club and he wants to perform well and he's almost so caring that he pushes himself uh, to the edge and suffers a panic attack in the show. And I think that's very, very similar. When I was watching Ted Lasso, I was thinking about Dick Vermeil. And so when I sat down with Dick in his home in Chester County, I made a point of bringing that up. Have you seen this show? Did you identify with the character? And he said, yes, he did. That's very interesting. Um, your again, your piece and people should read it. You you um, basically chronicle his career from high school coach on up. You found one of his former high school players. You talked about him. Yeah, and his players just loved him it, it, at every remarkable. level. His players loved him and stayed in touch with him. It's remarkable. He was a 23 year old kid when he became a high school football co- head high school football coach at Hillsdale High School in California, and there are six or seven former players from that team who have flown out to Canton for the ceremony Wow! today. And again, that speaks to who Dick is as a person. It speaks to the way he could connect with his players on levels that go, obviously, just beyond football. And you hear that all the time when you talk to guys who were on those teams with the Eagles in the 70s and early 80s, guys like Ron Jaworski and Harold Carmichael and Wilbert Montgomery, who Dick made an NFL coach, hired him in St. Louis because he saw something in him... Uh, an untapped ability to, to reach players. Why do you think he resonated so well here in the fact that he has not coached here in 40 years, but is still an endeared, an endearing figure in this town when mo you never saw him coach. No. Right. You never saw his coaching career. Um, he's, I mean, I know he stayed here. He made his home in Chester County with the, the cut we played, Coming into the segment, talked about you know he won a Super Bowl with St. Louis. He had very successful years in Kansas City, but Philadelphia is his place, and he's part of the fabric here. How did that work? Well, 
He took the super. The, he took the Eagles to the Super Bowl and was the first coach to do that. He did it in a way that was kind of fit for this city, right? Like the whole Vince Papali situation, for instance. He holds an open tryout yeah. so that somebody from the Philadelphia area might make the team, and yeah. somebody does. Yeah, uh, and, you, and and the perfect regular guy, you exactly know, the exactly. blue collar guy. You know, when when he was hired as their head coach, they did not have a first, second, or third round draft pick for the first three years he was here. So the fact that he was able to build a championship level team. That way is remarkable. I think that endeared him. And I think more than anything else, Philadelphians love a real, honest, heart-on-your-sleeve kind of coach or athlete. And Dick Vermeil is nothing if he is not that. By the way, still doing those Blue Cross commercials. Yeah. Yeah. Still... He's, 80, he's 85, and Glenn, Oh, he's the you youngest 85. Oh, yeah. You would never know it. I was with him, and he's not 80. You know, God bless. I want to be half have half that energy at 85 when when i went to interview him and pulled up into his driveway he greeted me uh and his jeans were already dirty because he had been out splitting logs that morning <laughs> and i got there at 10 o'clock in the morning so think about how long you've been out there. oh that's great uh, by the way the the other thing i'll just say about your profile which really nice to see as a former newspaper guy and i don't know how many people care about this but i liked that at the end of your story it gave credit to other people, including the photographer, the great uh, Jose Moreno, great photographs yep. with that story that really captured what you're talking about with those dirty jeans and and his house out in Chester and all that. It was, ne- it was really nicely uh, the way they laid that out, the way they you know gave credit to it. It was a good total package. It's never just one person. Yeah, it so, was great. By yeah. the way, this hour is sponsored by Meridian Bank. Business banking at its best. Visit them at meridianbanker.com. Let's talk to Robert and Glenn Olden. You're on with Mike How's and Glenn. Hey, Robert. Hey, gentlemen. How you doing? Good All right. Uh, technically, yeah, good afternoon. Um, before I get to my Philly's point, I'm a little hard on the moves Dombrowski made, and I'll explain why. Mm-hmm. I think if I speak for all of Philadelphia, born and raised myself, guys like Ray, guys like Dan Baker, then you talk about Dick Vermeil going in today. They're us. You know, they speak for us. Um, they think like us. They react like us. They're emotional like us. Mm-hmm. And listen, I'm 49 now, guys, and you know, I've seen enough loss, you know, heartache with the, the Joe Carter home run, <laughs> the Tampa Bay game, and things like that. But you know what? The Super Bowl helped, and we've been blessed as far as the guys like you on the radio, our broadcasters, our color commentators, guys on the radio for sports, whatever it is. We've had the best of the best in that area, hey, Raiders. And, and I appreciate the compliment. I, I want to say something, and I do want you to get to your Phillies point, but you, you just okay. made me think about something. Because um, you talked about Dick Vermeil and he's us and his emotion and all of that. So Dick Vermeil, Andy Reid had a more successful coaching career in Philadelphia than, than Dick Vermeil, right? And took the Eagles to a Super Bowl, which they also Absolutely. lost. Yeah. Andy Reid, I think at this point, is respected but never will be beloved. And part of it, hold on, Robert, because I I do want your thoughts, but part of it is Andy never showed emotion, and we want emotion. And Andy kept it so close to the vest that we never felt we got the person. Dick Vermeil gave you the person, Mike. Yeah, I've tried to frame it this way, Glenn, when people ask me why Philadelphia sports fans connect with certain figures more than others. Philly sports fans, in particular, want to feel like they are along for the ride. Mm -hmm. And Dick Vermeil is one of those people who made you feel like you were along for the ride. He was feeling it in the same way that the people in the 700 level were. And if you can tap into that as an athlete or a coach, 
you will live forever here. Yeah, and no disrespect to Andy, who had a great career. He never gave us that. No, he kept people at arm's length, generally. Go ahead, Robert. Amen, guys. And quick example with that is you go McNabb and Dawkins. Why is Dawkins beloved? I think McNabb had a better career than Dawkins, but you know what? I don't know about better, but but uh, I don't know about better, but I think the your point stands in terms of their personalities. So you don't like these Phillies trades? What? 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 I was talking to the producer. Listen. I'm glad we got Robertson. He shortens the bullpen. We're going to need it after seeing Syndergaard. We're going to need games like that. And you know, this is why I'm disappointed. We got a center fielder. I hope the guy can hit because otherwise I want to be like San Diego, Glenn. I want to go out and buy a championship. You know what I want? I want to run down, Glenn. Because if we go into a, <laughs> it sounds cheaper. I'm being honest with you. If we go into a series with Wheeler, Noah and Rondon. That sounds a lot better. Than Rondon Wheeler, didn't move Noah. in the end, right? No, he didn't. He didn't move it. So they didn't move him. So yeah, they, they didn't want to pony up. I would have ponied up whatever they wanted and then signed him to a long-term deal and yeah. had him here because he wasn't around. Because you know what? They can be dangerous when they get these guys back and a three and those three guys Listen, in the rotation. I I cannot argue against being greedy. I appreciate I, wanting to be greedy in terms I of. Be, yeah. I get it. I want everybody. They didn't get everybody. Yeah, and they didn't get soda. They couldn't have gotten soda. They didn't. They didn't. It wasn't a money issue. They didn't. They didn't have anything to give Washington for soda that was close to what San Diego could give for soda. This is why a farm system is so important, even for organizations that have money to spend, such as the Dodgers or the Yankees or theoretically the Phillies. Mm-hmm. Is that if you're going to get those kinds of players, if you're going to trade for them, you have to be able to give something up. And as you said, Glenn, the Phillies don't have the resources throughout their system to be able to match what a San Diego Padres uh, could give away to get a Juan Soto. That said, and I appreciate he wants everybody. Sure. That's a fan's right to want everybody. I think they're a lot better today than they were a week ago. Oh, Absolutely. I don't think there's any doubt about that. This this deadline reminded me, and I think we talked about it last week, it reminded me of the kind of moves that Pat Gillick made here in 06, 07, and 08 to make the team better. Moves on the margins where you get a guy who just is a professional player who comes in, solidifies things, and the team is better for it. Yeah. Center fielder may not be able to hit. But you know what? He can field. That's more than could be said for who was manning that position oh gosh, before yes. he got here. We don't have Oduble anymore. Look, that, the center that, the center fielders weren't hitting itself. anyway. No, none of them were hitting. Right. Yeah. So you got better defense out there now. All right. On a scale of one to ten, chances that Mickey Moniak has a career in California. Hit a home run his first game there. Three. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. And you know what? It's and and I don't wish him ill. I mean, he didn't do anything to, no. to hurt me. He was a kid, high school kid, taken with the first overall pick of the draft by a team that really needed help, and he was not able to produce. There's a lot of pressure there. I I don't know if they rushed him because he's, was he 23 now? Yes. Okay. So you can't say after all those years that they rushed him, but clearly he was not going to be able to do it here. Go somewhere else. No expectations. Nobody in California knows who he is. No pressure. Maybe, maybe he'll develop into a serviceable major leaguer there there are examples of that where guys are late bloomers you think back a few years um jose batista with the toronto blue jays it was a home run champ and an mvp unlocks something in his swing and emerges as a dominant hitter jd martinez who was with the red sox similar things you know you wish the best for mickey moniac but as you said i don't think it was going to work here uh i'm not the first to say it boy that you look at 
I've seen the list. I may even have it on my on my thing. When the when all four teams here had the first or second pick, 2016 to 2017, Nolan Patrick and Carson Wentz and uh, who was the clown that the Sixers took with the Fultz. first pick? Yeah, Markel <laughs> Fultz. They were right. They're all. Was, they're all gone. Yeah, it was 16 to I want to say 18, uh, and there were five picks in the top two, six in the top three. If you include Alec Bohm. Who's oh, the well, hey, one, he's our savior. Who's the only he's, one who's left? He's the last great hope. And playing well. Yes. Uh, Carl in Bucks County, you're on with Mike and Glenn. Hey, Carl. Hey, guys. How you doing? Always right. enjoy your work. Uh, real quick, Dick Vermeil anecdote. Several years ago, my wife and I went out to Napa. And on the plane, I'm reading an article that says Dick Vermeil opened a winery in Calistoga, California, his former hometown. Yeah. Long yep. story short, we walk in. And I'm looking at the, at the thing, and I said, hey, is Coach here? He says, uh, no, why? I said, I'm from Philly with my wife. If he was here, it would be great to meet him. The kid looks at me and says, going to tell you what to do. You'll like it here. Go around the corner. There's a little park. You might see a familiar guy being interviewed for a TV show. Huh. And I look at the guy, and the guy winks. We go back there. Dick's being interviewed. And my wife and I had picked up some uh, picnic lunch, and we're eating. Interview's over. And I walk over. I say, hey, coach. I said, just nice to meet you. My wife and I just came out of here from Philly. She says, you're from Philly. you got to go in to my tasting room. We go into this magnificent tasting room. If you ever go to Calistoga, go to Vermeule Oh, wine. sure. Yeah. We don't talk about wine. He puts his arm around my shoulder, takes me to the wall, covered with pictures. He looks at this picture. He says, you know who that is? I said, that's Claude Humphrey. He says, you know your numbers. <laughs> and all he talks about is the mistake. You know what? I put too much pressure on these guys. I should have let them have more. Oh, wow. And Ella, and, and he's, we did not talk about anything but Eagles with such passion, such a nice, open, regular guy. It was fantastic. My wife and I still have the picture with his arm around us. Just a, a marvelous, passionate, sincere guy. So rooted. I know he won in, in Kansas City or whatever, or L.A., but this hurt him. This hurt him to his core, and he relived it. That's right a, You know me. what? What a, what a great thing for you. That's just a great story. It's, it's amazing. It's right? amazing, but not surprising if you know or have ever met Dick Vermeil. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. One of the things he, after I talked to him a couple of weeks ago, he forwarded me the transcript of the speech that he gives routinely when he's speaking to companies or banquets or things like that. And it's 45 pages long and it's all exclamation points and capital letters and italics and all these things. And one of the things that stands out is players don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's on page one. It's the thing he says right off the top. That's great. Every speech he gives. And again, I think it speaks to why he's in Canton today. We've had the opportunity to talk about a couple of good guys today in Dick Vermeil and Dan Baker. That's great. And we will talk to you, 215-592-9494. Um, actually, coming up, I think you and I, I think we share an opinion on this. The Phillies are doing something this weekend. Listen, it's Alumni Weekend. It's great. You started to see some of the faces in there yesterday. Uh, they're all going to be there this weekend, all of the greats, all of the part-timers. It's really fun. 
But there's one aspect of it that I'm not comfortable with, and I believe you are not as well. We'll get into that, too. 215-592-9494. He's Mike Sealski. I'm Glenn Mack. Now, hey, the summer heat means it's that time of year to crank up the AC again, now to keep your home cooling more efficiently. And to help you save on high energy bills, I suggest you go Guida and finally replace your old drafty windows, inefficient windows and doors, with the great people at Guida Door and Window. Right now, Guida is offering the best discounts of the year with their big 40% off summer sale on all expertly installed windows and doors. You're going to receive 40% off each window you buy. That's right, 40% off all high-performance, energy-efficient, triple-pane windows, and you receive 40% off any door, including insulated entry doors, patio doors, garage doors, and storm doors. Plus, get your project started today with no money down, pay it off interest-free for up to 12 full months. All prior sales excluded, minimum purchase required. Don't let these big discounts pass you by. Go guide it today to take advantage of these limited-time savings by calling to schedule a free in-home estimate at one eight seven seven go guida or visit them at goguida.com. That's go, G-U-I-D-A dot com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Broad Street Bombers. You like that? Ah, uh, that's okay. Not there. Jody McDonald calls them the Broad Street Broomsticks. Well, that, that only fits if they're sweeping every series, right? Uh, well... 
I think they could this weekend. Oh, very much so. I think I think you and I and seven other guys from out in the corner here could sweep the Nationals. Yeah. So the Nationals, I think they're they're mostly stripping down to sell, right? Is that the, yes. they don't want any any big salaries on the uh, that on is the correct. Payroll. Yeah, that is correct. Baseball's got to do something about this. Um, listen, it's fun to be one of the haves when there's the haves and have-nots, and the fact that the Phillies went out and like. I'm not saying Syndergaard's going to be good or not, but he costs money. And it's like, okay, we'll add the money. Yeah. You know, they're willing to do it. But it's not good for the sport. Like, why why would anybody be a Pirates fan? Imagine you live in Pittsburgh, right? And that's your baseball team. And that's all you got. And you got to root for them. And you know they'll never be good. And if somebody develops and is good, he's not going to stay. And, And it's more than just the team not being good. It is the team not being good and no individual star who raises your interest and might keep you coming to the ballpark, right? Like no, losing, because he'll be gone. Right, he'll be gone. You know, years ago, again, I have, my, I have major issues with baseball on a lot of levels, and one of them is that these sorts of teams that you're talking about don't keep star players who would keep their fans interested. I mean, I... Again, I grew up a Phillies fan at a time when the team was not doing well. Oh, Bill Giles would say it's, we're a small market club. Well, yeah. But at least I got to enjoy Mike Schmidt at the end of his prime. And even when the team wasn't in contention, I could watch Mike Schmidt every day. And, you know, that's that. the idea of that is going away. Right. So who's the best player in the Pirates? Is Brian Reynolds? I think it's figure? Willie Stargell. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Roberto Clemente? Yeah, see that. You know, people I know my age grew up watching those guys. Those were your pirates, and it was because they could compete because yeah. everybody made the same money and every market could afford it. I just want to look up. Brian Reynolds is 27. He's – I just want to look up his contract, right, because he'll be out of there. Yeah. Uh, sorry about this. Okay. He's arbitration eligible next year, which means they'll dump him. Yeah, they'll move him. He'll be somewhere else. And, and even he is their best player, is hitting two fifty eight with an OPS under eight hundred. I know, it's, I know. I'm, and maybe there's somebody doing better this year. I just thought of yeah. him as like a guy who's you know he's a, he's a real major leaguer. That's that's what I'll say about him. Uh, Ken in Redding, you're on with Mike Sealski and Glenn Mack now. Hey, Ken. Oh, hi, Glenn. Hey. Uh, thank you, uh, you and Mike, for taking my call. Sure. Uh, I, I meant to make this call back when you were with Ray and, and Dick's uh, nomination to the Hall of Fame was announced. Mm-hmm. But since this is his weekend, I, I, I had to get this in. Uh, back in June of 1980, our, our daughter, Laurel, was two and a half years old and was diagnosed with acute lymphocytic leukemia and treated down at Children's Hospital. The good side is she's she'll be 45 in January. Nice. Congrats. Wow. The, the point of the call really is that at that time, uh, Dick's lovely wife, Carol, was doing play therapy with kids in the clinic. So we got to, to meet her, get to know her a little bit, and just a loveliest woman. And uh, somewhere in our archives, I have a picture of uh, Dick holding my daughter and one end of a, one of those big donor contribution um, yeah. Checks. And yeah. On, on the other end is Arnold Palmer, and uh, wow. At the time, Laurel couldn't say Dick's name correctly. She used to call him Dick Emil. So, uh, uh, so uh, she is forty-five now, and and she's doing well. She's doing great. 
Yeah, she's doing good. She's good to given hear. us six grandchildren. And wow. Just, there you go. Hey, but, nice. You know, I got to run. I got to run, but it's a very yeah. nice story, and I appreciate it. Thank you. By the way, this hour is sponsored by Meridian Bank. Business banking at its best. Visit them at meridianbanker.com. So uh, Philly's Alumni Week is occurring, as we said, and it's great, and it's fun for fans, and it's fun for the old players to come back and see each other. Uh, one of the people who's coming back is Pete Rose. And um, you want to go first on this? I'll just say I'm not sure it's appropriate that Pete Rose is coming back for Alumni Weekend. Let's put it that way. Okay. I don't. I, think- I have. I have my. I have my uh, reservations about this. And this is coming from someone who. <clears throat> how can I put this? And and in in a way, the Rose situation doesn't apply. I'm not. I'm. I'm someone who tends to be. You, you need to give people grace. You know, there are going to be a number of people, athletes, coaches, whoever, who make mistakes in their lives mm-hmm. and even do terrible things and should be given a measure of grace, should be given a second chance. I'm not sure. In fact, I'm, I'm fairly sure that sort of standard shouldn't apply to Pete Rose. Um, yeah, and the thing is, baseball was going to give him his second chance. I think they were ready to move past the gambling thing a couple of years ago, and then all this story came out um, and it, that Pete, when he was here, apparently was having an affair with a young teenage girl. Uh, I have the story right in front of me right now, Okay, uh, and I was able to find it because I'm the one who wrote it for the Inquirer. Is that right? Yeah, back in 2017 when this news broke. Okay. Uh, Pete Rose whom the Phillies will induct into their wall of fame in less than two weeks. Again, this is back in 2017. Initiated and maintained a relationship in the 1970s with a girl who at the time was not yet 16 years old. The woman said this in a sworn statement in federal court. Mm -hmm. So he, by the way, he was a married man at the time. Yes. uh, Having an affair with a young teenager. And he acknowledged it. He acknowledged the relationship, but said that his defense was, I thought she was 16. Yes. Which in the grand scheme of defenses is not pretty good. Yeah, no, that's, you wouldn't play that Larry David clip no. uh, over that defense. No, and he also it said, uh, well, whatever, whatever he said. Yeah. But, but the thing about Pete Rhodes, so at the time the Phillies decided we're not doing this. Right. Okay. What changed? I don't. I, I don't know for certain. I haven't asked anybody affiliated with the Phillies about this. I would guess uh, he's a popular draw. People want to see him, and they perceive that people will come to the ballpark and want to see Pete Rose. And I think in their mind, time passed, and nobody's going to yeah. really think about it. Yeah, I think that's part of it, yeah. Statute of limitations on our emotions. There's some There's some different ways that they are doing things. With the Phillies. I wrote about this last year um, when they fired several people who had been affiliated with the organization for a long time. Um, if you talk to people around the team a little bit, they'll mention that things aren't quite the same there since David Montgomery passed away. Um, and I would wonder if this would happen if David were still running the show there. And what you're, what I'm inferring from what you say is certain expectations of behavior have changed? I think so, yes. Okay. Um, listen. I think Pete Rose is one of the great players of all time, and I acknowledge the Phillies do not win the 1980 World Series if they don't have Pete Rose, and I think there's no disagreement 
on his talents as a ball player. He was also an immensely popular player when he was here for great reason. Yeah. He was fun to watch, and he hustled, and he played well, and all the things that you and I talked about earlier of what makes people in Philadelphia like somebody, he checks all those boxes. But to quote the late Mayor Frank Rizzo, he's a crumb bum. <laughs> he's a bad human being. He is. He, yeah. he for years, denied all the gambling stuff until he finally admitted it to write another book. Yes. Uh, this thing with the relationship, I mean, we like to be kind of tough on our domestic abusers. To me, having sex with a 14, 15-year-old counts as domestic abuse. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's you go to prison for those kind of things. Yeah. yeah. Um, as I said, Rose, you're, you, you know better. You have to know better. Yeah, but of course, you're, of course he knows better. But knowing better and acting on that knowledge have never gone together with Pete Rose. No, they never have gone together with Pete Rose. And I've met Pete Rose a couple times, and he's Pete Rose the performer when I met him. I met him at autograph shows, mm-hmm. and, you know, he's charging whatever, 50 bucks for his autograph. I, I, forget, I wrote a story about it. I forget what the, the number was, right? But say it was 50 bucks, and his name is Pete Rose. And so he, he does that, and he goes to me, hey, look at that. Three dollars and what's fifty divided by eight? Uh, pardon me for the six twenty-five. He goes six twenty-five a letter. Yeah, it's like oh, that's great. It tells you what's on your mind. Right, I actually back in twenty fourteen, I went to a church in Collegeville because it had invited Pete to come to the service for a Q and A, and he did. And I'll just put it this way: some of the stories he told during his Q and A were not exactly appropriate for a Sunday service. Yeah. The Phillies can do whatever they want. I think it is wrong to have him back for Alumni Weekend and pretend that all is well, I think. And what the Phillies said when they were asked about it is, well, we asked his former teammates. Yes. Well, of course they're going right. to want him back. Right. They're exactly. his teammates. That's not who you ask. No. That's not the barometer that you use for this kind of thing. And again, you can. There is there is and should be room for second chances and not banishing people on the first mistake or you know whatever pete rose doesn't apply in those situations he does not uh mark and malvern actually may may agree or disagree on this hey mark you know you're making all good points uh you know i'm 57 and when i see highlights of pete it kind of reminds me of the points you were making about Vermeil. i mean the energy and the emotion i mean they don't win without him mm-hmm. uh, you know those years and the, those three division wins with ozark they're playing the Dodgers in the pouring rain and oh. tears in my eyes to call the game. Yeah. Uh, just for the Phillies to win. Uh, the gambling part, you know, I don't know all the details. He gambled. Uh, I mean, I don't think he threw games. That's, you know, he didn't, game. he didn't. He did not throw games, as far as I know, he did not throw games, but he violated what was at the time the first rule of baseball. Yeah. This, and it's, and it's a rule that everybody knows, Mike, you, you've been in, in clubhouses. Yeah. It hangs above the door. And, and the flip side of it, of course, is, yes, he may not have overtly bet on his team to lose games, but if he's not betting on every game, you can draw conclusions based on what games he doesn't bet on. Yeah. Yep. Go ahead. No, it's just, it's just to see to watch the pregame and, and hear them talking about gambling now. I mean, I know the players can't gamble, but I know. you yeah. got to know there's some people. It's just being... The, the, the complete south is a. Uh, I agree. It's a mess. And I, then the I'm thing with you, I never really knew. I really knew, never knew the thing about 
dating the 15, 16 year old. Uh, the guy's a complete, complete creep, but you know, we're all flawed and he's surely flawed, but and I kind of seem to think. So what's your bottom line on this before we go? Uh, he, he should be there. We should judge him on baseball. I mean, everyone has their flaws. I mean, he's got a heck of a lot of more flaws than all three of us, uh, but Hey, I so. I disagree, but I I appreciate your call. I, Thanks, Mark. It's it's probably a popular point of view, and I appreciate you calling with it. All right, two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. We are here until one. It's going to be Go Birds Radio with Elliot Short Parks and Jack Fritz. Uh, right now, let me tell you, it's back to school time. That means it's also time to drive the kids everywhere to and from school, sports practice, doctor's appointments, you name it. Luckily, United Tire has some sweet deals to make sure your car is in tip-top shape for the kiddos. Right now, through September 30th, United Tire is offering a rebate up to $150 on select Goodyear tires. Stop by your local United Tire today. Take advantage of all these A-plus deals while they last. Don't drive alone. Drive United. Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. I didn't ask you, got any, any big plans today? What, what's, uh, actually, uh, what's happening yes. with the Sealski family? I am driving back home. We are uh, piling into the car and driving up to Brooklyn to visit my college oh, yeah. roommate and my best man at my wedding. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, so it'll be fun. You. Oh, Haven't seen him nice. in a while. Very nice. I got uh, the two-year-old already. My wife and I have babysitting duties for the weekend. Good luck with that. No, we're, no, first it's of great. All, yeah. First of all, my wife does ninety percent of it. <laughs> Second of all, pops will take him to the playground, and we'll you know you know what you know what he does because he's two. The big I live uh, three blocks from the the train station, the Norristown High Speed Line. Mm-hmm. So literally, we can kill an hour and a half walking down there and waiting for the trains to go by. You know, and I, he's two, and it's the greatest thing in the world. As the parent of two sons who are 11 and 8, I can speak to how what lovely it is to be able to have grandparents who are within a half hour <laughs> of your home. Well, they and, went up to New York to, to see theater this weekend. Yeah, there you go. They're at, uh, what are they at? Into the Woods to sit today. Okay. Anyway, you know what I have tomorrow? My first um, rehearsal for Clue. Oh. You gotta, uh, when this happens, you got to come the, see it. You know, I, speaking of my sons... Uh, the three of us love the movie Clue. And okay, we, and they have already—I already mentioned this. It's a script, yeah. And they've already expressed an interest in going. So I am Colonel Mustard yep. in the Swarthmore, the Players Club of Swarthmore production of Clue, which will be running basically, I think, October twenty-first through November third in Swarthmore. And tomorrow's our first rehearsal. Oh, good luck! I'm damned excited. Ah, uh, I would be too. Yeah, great. Uh, it'll be fun. Uh, Joe in Fox Chase, you're on with Mike and Glenn. Hey, Joe. Hey, guys, I like this combination. I hope it works out for you. Thank you. Enjoy Thank listening. you, Joe. Uh, listen, just a couple quick things about Dick Vermeil. Um, I'm a huge college football fan. Being a guy born and raised in Philadelphia, it's probably hard to believe, but I actually prefer college football to pro. And uh, that being said, Dick Vermeil was a terrific college football analyst. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. listening to him every week. Um, really I did a great job. Um, you talked about that a little bit in your story as to why that didn't, because he was good. And, Joe, I remember him, and he was good. Mike, you talked about why it didn't really work out. Well, in time, he felt like he was irrelevant. Here he is around the sport all the time uh, and able to interact with the coaches and the players, and yet he still thought of himself as wanting to be in the fight be the guy making the decisions about who would be on the team and what plays the offense would run and all of that. And I think 
doing those college games in time made him realize how much he missed coaching. The other aspect to it, too, was when he started out, and he told me this explicitly, he felt like the game should slow down so that he could lend his insights to the viewers. <laughs> He's like, they're running plays, and I have more to say. And He wants to break down the tape. Exactly. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, that being the case, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to go back and read this article. You're darn uh, right you're going to. Gonna. This week. Um, was there ever any indicate? did he give any indication that there was ever a point where, since obviously he did eventually want to get back into coaching, where the Eagles job was uh, afforded an opportunity for him to come back. I remember a sound. Oh, I, I, I remember him that saying, I'm not going to beg Norman Brayman to coach his damn football team. So I remember that. No, no, it was, it was, that, it was Jeffrey Lurie. Uh, yeah. So I, I covered that, and Mike, you wrote about that in your story. So we thought it was going to happen. Was it 99? 95. Oh, 95. January of 95. 95. Okay, it was earlier than that. So it's 95, and we start getting rumors it's going to happen. I called him up, and I remember he was very optimistic about it initially. And my sense and what we what we talked about at the time, I was doing the show with Jody, and the sense we got is that it broke down over the issue of how much control would he have as coach. Would he have personnel decisions? Could he be general manager? And obviously he and Laurie and Joe Banner couldn't come to terms on that, and he that's what he said. You talked to him about it more recently. Yeah, he's, he said to me, and, and you're right, if you go and read the coverage of, at that time, that was a huge factor. I think the other factor was he had been out of coaching for so long that he felt a little unsure about himself and the footing in the league at that time, and Jeffrey Lurie had owned the Eagles for less than a year at that time. Right. So he wasn't 100% sure of Lurie either. He liked what he heard, but mm. I think there was a little too much uncertainty on for him to, to be able to make the jump back into the NFL. Would have been a fascinating alternate history if, if that oh, had yeah. happened, right? Yeah, because they ended up hiring Ray Rhodes right. instead. Right. By the way, just a funny little thing that's going on on Twitter today. Tobias Harris of the Sixers mm. posted about an hour ago, Today I get to marry my best friend. Oh, wow. So congratulations. Congrats Good for him. And then he posts an hour later, just to clarify, Boban Marjanovic and I are not getting married. <laughs> well played, Tobias. Yeah, That's great. very good. Matt in Roxborough. Uh, let me get there. you go. Hey, Matt, how you doing? Hey, how are you? All right. I'd like to thank you guys for uh, doing some real broadcast journalism concerning Pete Rose because I've been waiting for people to actually talk about it and bring it up in our city that are reporters and people on, you know, sports talk stations, and they've mm -hmm. been hiding from it. You guys aren't. And, I, you know, I just, I hear people talk about it on the radio, and they say they're mad at Adobo Herrera in one breath, and then in the other breath say Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame and we should welcome him back. And it makes me want to throw up when I hear it. Well. Because Pete Rose, he's a crumb bum, like you said. And, Mike, you, you, um, you researched the article and I, I, I'm 41, so I had to read a lot about it. I wasn't alive. And it seems to me that Jim Dow could have went farther with his investigation, but baseball wanted him to stop because they were going to find out that he was betting on his team to lose. I, I don't know that for I certain. I don't know. Yeah. And thanks for the call. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know about that. I, yeah. I don't know if they ever said that. No, And I will say, just quickly, I think Matt makes a great point about the different standards we hold athletes to depending on whether we like them or they're actually good at what they do right 
That's that's the way it works. All right, this hour is sponsored by Meridian Bank. Business banking at its best. Visit them at meridianbanker.com. Mike, this is the part of the show where we turn it over to our producer, Kyle Quinn, and find out, Kyle, what did we forget to talk about today? All right, so i got to start with this one. This must have been a crazy news week because I have no idea how this one slipped through the cracks here. Stephen Ross, owner of the Dolphins, was fined and stripped of his 2023 first-round draft pick for a tampering incident that uh, involved trying to get Tom Brady and Sean Payton to you know, come play for and coach and own the Miami Dolphins. These talks went back to while Tom Brady was still with the Patriots. So, I mean, first of all, it's crazy. I guess my only question to you guys would be, how does Tom Brady not get any uh, repercussions from this? Seven Super Bowls. <laughs> well, he's been suspended. I mean, the Deflategate thing, they've come down pretty hard on Tom Brady in the past. Well, I, he, but he didn't, I don't know, what, what did he do? He didn't go. I well, mean, somebody was, called I mean, he him, he fielded to, a call. He was trying to collude with uh, Stephen Ross and Sean Payton to go to the Dolphins. I mean, he definitely had a part in this. Okay. If you think Brady's innocent of it, I mean, come I, on. I, well, I don't know that. Here's what I, here's what I think on this. I think this owner, as is the case in the NFL with all owners, is getting off easy. Oh, absolutely. And I think I think Dan Snyder, for God's sake, should be thrown out of the league. I think this guy should be suspended or ma- made to give away his team. Um, what was it? Oh, Robert Kraft got off pretty light also yeah. last year. Um, they're going to try to get a, a tougher um, penalty against Sean Watson. And they should. The six games was, yes. was not even a slap on the wrist. That was a fly swat. Uh, and that wasn't the league's fault. But the commissioner protects the owners. Yeah, and I correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the judge who handed down Watson's six-game suspension, part of the reason she did that was the precedent of the, the, this is kind of how the league has handled this stuff. And I don't know if she made an overt reference to the Snyder situation, but certainly that's in the back of everybody's mind, that the Washington football team, commanders, whatever you want to call them, have been worse than dysfunctional for a long time, a terrible environment for their female employees, and nothing gets done about it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know if she tied that in. I think her thing about precedent was was a little lame in that what precedent do you have for somebody who sexually is is charged with not charged, excuse me, yeah. who who is said to have sexually abused whatever it was, twenty one women. But the Stephen Ross thing Slap on the wrist, not enough. Should have got more coverage. Yes. Yeah. What else? Crazy. Well, uh, speaking of unprecedented guys, you you guys can probably recall a little further back than I can here with uh, some of these baseball trades. But there had, I mean, there's no way there was any trade as close to as crazy as this Juan Soto trade to the Padres. The guy's a superstar at the age of 23. I mean, not to mention they get Josh Bell and Brandon Drury too. The Padres just loading up. But Juan Soto. I mean, if you're the Nationals, if you're a Nationals fan, how can you? Uh, you can't. Um, yeah, it's, it, it, that's crazy. If you're not, it's like we talked earlier about being a Pirates fan. It's yeah. just, why? Why can you do it? I read something. I forget who wrote it. Might have been John Heyman, who said there has never been a bigger, more talented player traded on trade deadline than this. It's the biggest trade deadline catch of all time. Yeah, particularly because of his age, that he's only twenty three. I mean, and he is acknowledged to be the modern-day answer to Ted Williams. That is who this guy is. Imagine Ted. Imagine the Boston Red Sox trading away Ted Williams at age 23. Now, same franchise that traded away Babe Ruth. No. 
So maybe you can't imagine it, but yeah, it's and it's not good for baseball. It's not. So, so San Diego, as you said, San Diego's loading up. Yes. San Diego, is it a top 10 market in the country? It's not a top six or seven market in the country. Does it count as a big market? I think it's a top 10 market in terms of what it can offer in terms of its location, its weather, all these things. I don't think it's okay. a top 10 market in terms of size. Okay. So it makes it difficult to appreciate. I don't think it's a bigger market in Washington, D.C. No. No. Okay. Baseball's got to find a way to deal with this. It does. It absolutely does because- Baseball is becoming a regional sport anyway. It matters much, much more in certain cities than it does in others. Mm. And the summers are just lost for so many of these towns that don't field competitive teams. Well, yep. what, what do you think about implementing something like a salary cap floor that kind of incentivizes yeah, to. teams to yep. spend up to a certain amount? So you're at least putting out a competitive product on the field. I think you have to. Um, yeah. Again, the Pirates, the Nationals. Right. I'm, I'm much more amenable to a salary cap floor in any sport, right. salary floor in any sport than I am to a salary cap. Yes. Okay. Agreed. All right. Um, all right. And one final thing. Um, this kind of this news pro- came out, I think, while you guys were finishing up your show or ev- maybe right after your show yeah. last week. So uh, we did not get an opportunity to mention it. But uh, talked a lot about legends, talked to a legend, Dan Baker, um, Dick Vermeil, and you know many others. Um, a legend passed away last week, Sunday, at the age of 88, Celtics legend Bill Russell. I actually wrote a column about Bill Russell. It's on Inquire.com right now. Um, if you're a casual sports fan, you are, of course, familiar with Russell's career with the Celtics, 11 championships in 13 years, probably the, the greatest individual winner in North American team sports. Seven times, I think, he beat either the Warriors or the Sixers in the playoffs. Uh, and actually, the column I wrote was about his college career, where in 1955, He's at the University of San Francisco. They beat my alma mater, LaSalle, and Tom Gola in the national championship game. And that game signifies a revolution in college basketball. It is Russell and Casey Jones taking the game above the rim. That San Francisco team had three African-American starters on it. Mm -hmm. Gola had been what the sport was. Russell and San Francisco were showing you where the sport was headed. Ooh, good stuff. You ever meet Bill Russell? I never did. I never did either. I would have loved to, although he apparently was a rather... Yeah, he was a little chilly. ...surly guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, Which, yeah. if you know what he went through in Boston... Yeah, I get ...you it. can understand. I got it. Anyway, one of, one of the all-time greats, and uh, I look forward to reading that column as others. I look forward to seeing you next Saturday. Kyle, tremendous job by you today. Thank you for going above and beyond Go Birds Radio. Coming up next with Elliot Shore Parks and Jack Fritz. I'll be on tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock, with Jody McDonald. We got Merrill Reese tomorrow. As you guys think, trying to get some people excited about the preseason. Merrill will do it, right? You got some voices this weekend, man. Yeah, Merrill's always fun to talk to. And I'm sure Merrill will also have some thoughts on the passing of Vin Scully, right? And so. on Dick Vermeil, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. You think? Love Merrill. Love it. Anyway, I'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Have a great day. Stay listening right here to 94 WIP. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.